Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors, Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm Jody. And I am somebody who feels like life within death. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah I get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm James and recovering from a, a, slout, a slout bite of something. Yes, yes. <laughs> slout bite. That sounds like something a hobbit would have for second breakfast. <laughs> Sorry, Jody was talking about his cats wanting second breakfast earlier. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, you can tell my voice is cracking, so we'll see how much I do. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe you'll have to listen more to Jody this time. Yeah, well, and, we'll and, see. And really, is that is that so bad? Um. Yes. Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you notice I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> <laughs> I've given you that second to say, no, that's awesome. And you did not. So I'm like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> uh, huh? yeah, but the life and death that I referenced will be discussed later. Yes. And we, we are discussing. I'm going to get to the point where I have a voice. You should. Yeah, the, go ahead. The second of our semi-connected, <laughs> the first being uh, the, the Flying Dutchman. Yeah, 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 and we did that. Now we shall talk about Coleridge's The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Ooh. And rhyme, by the way, is spelled R-I-M-E, like the frosty rhyme you get, not a, you know, it's a salty frost, not not rhyming as in a poem, even though it is a poem. It's an epic poem. It is. And the fact that it's awesome and it's long. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so so I, I have some background. I have a few quatrains. I, or actually, these aren't quatrains. They're, they're five lines each piece. So what the hell is that? Quintrain? I don't know. Pintrain? Pin, I don't know. Pintrain. Yeah. I don't know. It's Something. five train. I, I was invited to one of those ones, but I passed when I found out how many guys are going to be. Uh, don't blame you. Um, but but I've got a couple of those. I've got some uh, like references to other works that uses it. Uh, I, I didn't know how you would like to do this. I don't either because I actually kept forgetting we were going to do this one. All right. Well, I have a suggestion. Uh-huh. I, I have three sets of, well, a couple of them are quatrains, others. I, I was just going to read because I, it gives a an atmosphere of the poem. Okay. Ooh. So I, I could do those first. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do have some stuff I can talk about. I haven't, I have not read this for a few years, um, but I have read it multiple times. Um, so I do have some stuff that I can talk about just kind of off the top of my head. If, if we're keeping this short. Cool. Yeah. Well, we'll try to keep her, keep it a little short, not, not a short, short, but not a long episode. Okay. Yeah. We'll see where, we'll see where it goes. And yeah, I, I've read it most recently this year, but it was earlier in the summer, mm. although I did listen to it just a few days ago as somebody reading it as a podcast, you know, just a. Oh, just nice. So, so it's easy to find. There, there are multiple out there. They each are 27 to 32 minutes. That, that's how long the poem is. If you read it out loud, it's a half an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, I've got to print it off over there. It's about 18 pages of eight and a half by 11 printed off. Okay single-sided yeah but uh here um i'll do my my couple okay and 
my my voice is not going to be very accurate with weird sounds but what the hell mm-hmm. the very deep did raw oh christ that ever this should be yay slimy things that crawl with legs upon the slimy sea about about and reel and route the death fires vanced at night the water like a witch's oils burnt green and blue and white and and that is from part the second there are what seven parts i actually don't remember now uh, six yeah or i don't either yeah so yeah no there's six or seven and i could reach over and get my thing but i'll wait no don't touch your thing don't don't, don't touch that. especially since you're sick you know you got to wash your hands a lot yeah and then and then part the third comes this awesome bit are those her ribs through which the sun did peer as through a grate and is that woman all her crew is that death and are there two is death that woman's mate her lips were red her looks were free yeah her lips were red her looks were free her locks were yellow as gold her skin was as white as leprosy the nightmare life and death was she who thicks man's blood with cold uh, we can talk about her for a few minutes later okay cool and and otherwise i also have this little double double of quatrains okay <laughs> the loud will never reach the ship yet now the ship moved on beneath the lightning and the moon the dead men gave a groan they groaned they stirred they all uprose nor spoke nor moved their eyes it had been strange even in a dream to have seen those dead men rise yeah but that's that's the atmosphere it's yes. about an ancient mariner who grabs a, a bridal groomsman party marriage wedding guest and and tells yeah, one of those story. yeah one of those <laughs> one of those guys and uh and just tells a story of his horrible fate and it's it's an epically long awesome poem of hideous gruesomeness and being undead and unable to die yeah so how if you can briefly answer this because i don't want you to talk too much if you don't have to i'm doing okay so far so for my drink as we're doing this we're actually doing it in the middle of the day yes i'm actually just having a a hot toddy it's mostly gingerbread tea with a lot of honey and just the weest splash of jameson orange and and i'm sucking on a a honey drop that's not even a cough drop but it's just a drop made out of honey so if you hear me chomping around a bit i'm sorry but but it's helping my throat, so I, I should be okay for okay. for the the hour we're doing today. Okay, cool. Um, I if we're t- talking about our drinks, I am. This is a five point five percent mead. Oh, nice! It's the the official mead of Dragon Con. It's made by Monks Meadery, and it's called Dragon Blaster. <laughs> nice. And, and I've, I've I've sent you pictures of this, and I, this is like the second can of it I've had. Cool. Uh, the, the, the cool thing is it because it, it really does not have a it does not have a strong following i think the coolest thing is though if i were to actually pour this into a glass instead of be drinking it out of a can it's actually got digestible glitter it's neat yeah you can make food grade glitter that, that yeah. yeah so that's that's what i'm having because i i opened the refrigerator to say what well, beer what i i need to drink these up <laughs> so so i i have a question for you how did you first discover the poem Okay. Well, I already know what your answer is going to be. <laughs> uh, well, maybe I, not. Well, yeah, but there's some extraneous to mine. So, <laughs> I I discovered it in middle school, and and started to read it. But to be honest, it just didn't really 
get get to me. So I, I tried again in high school um, and finished it. So mm-hmm. discovered it in, in middle school, just a, in a collection of poems uh, in, in our library. Oh, so cool. That was it. I, I, I think the, the sort of titles of kind of brought it out to me because it sounded kind of creepy. It's about the same time as just after I discovered D&D and have been playing D&D for a year or two. Okay, cool. And I saw that. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so my, actually my, I, I actually have a couple of things I'm going to read from it. All right, cool. Um, so, so, so the, the first one I'm going to read, the first two lines, I did not know at, uh, for a long time. The second two lines uh, um, from this first part, my grandmother used to say, and what she always told me was that's the thing that sailors used to say when they'd be out on the ocean. So the, the quatrain or whatever, the four lines, because this one is four lines, according to what I'm looking at. Day after day, day after day, we struck nor breath nor motion, as idle as a painted ship upon a painted ocean. Water, water everywhere, and all the boards did shrink. Water, water everywhere, nor any drop to drink. So those last two lines, the water, water everywhere, was, was what my grandmother always said. So imagine me being 12 and listening to Iron Maiden's Live After Death album and this song comes on and I hear those two lines and I go, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> because that was where I realized what this was. I was exposed to it through Iron Maiden. So that was that was one of two stanzas or whatever that are actually in the song from the from the poem. Um, the other one, and I just wanted to throw this in there because it's actually from the poem that winds up in the song, is one after one by the star-dogged moon, too quick for groan or sigh. Each turned his face with a ghastly pang and cursed me with his eye. Four times fifty living men, and I heard nor sigh nor groan. With heavy thump, a lifeless lump, they dropped down one by one. So that was that was also from the poem, but made it into the song. I first read it in high school because at, at Riverton Park, we actually had a copy of it in the library, illustrated um, in a just in a book by itself. So I don't know if that's the one you read in high school, but that was that was the first time I actually read it. So it was not the the one I, I read. I, I think I went back to the um, I went to Clinton Library still a lot in high school since yeah. I lived nearby there. As far as I know, that actual saying comes from the poem, right? I don't think he I, stole it from an old sailor's saying. I, I don't either, but it, I, I don't know. I, my, my grandmother read. I, I know she was pretty well read, so I, I wonder, had she read it? I don't know. I know my uncle was in the Navy, and I, you know, maybe he told her that, too. I don't know. Well, and I know it is a very popular saying, even with people who don't know where it's from. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, but that that was my first exposure to anything from it. And like I said, when I first heard the song and was reading along with the lyric sheet as I'm listening to it, and I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> I, I know those lines. What the hell? <laughs> and at, at the time, I knew they came from the poem because on the lyric sheet, those two stanzas actually have, you know, Coleridge's name, Samuel Taylor Coleridge's name after the stanzas. I mean, that's awesome. How many people 
who wrote something back in the 1700s get to say they're on an Iron Maiden album? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I know. I do. Do we want to talk a little bit about Maidens or do you want to? No, that's uh, that's December 31st. Remember? Okay. Oh, we're going to talk more about Maidens. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Come okay. on. We've talked about this like three times now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we have, and every every time I bring it up, you're like, oh, I don't remember, but that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I just knew we were going to do Maiden for the end of the year. Yeah, That's why yeah. I'm saving my bottle of Trooper beer. <laughs> ah, good deal. Actually, if you listen to today's episode on Ask the One, the day we're recording, we dropped the Astrological Beers episode. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And then we mentioned that th- this is our plan right now, unless Jody comes up with something different. He's like, no, I don't want to. Fuck it. Let's do this. So. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'll hold off on talking anymore about Maiden, so cool but that, that, that's a good recap because i didn't finish with the third of our trilogy arc is going to be our mains version in our annual end of the year maiden episode cool uh, but yeah uh, to continue with the the actual poem you know, yeah yeah uh written in 1797 to 1798 published in 1798 in the first edition of lyrical ballads which was a collection of poems by samuel taylor coleridge and william wordsworth and it's a uh, uh, how much is get, a word's worth uh depends on who you're asking uh, now in this day and age um it also depends on what part of the political spectrum you're on oh well yeah and how many syllables it has <laughs> i was going to give an example but i think i'm going to pass on that yes please please do <laughs> instead i'm just going to say that this was the beginning of the english romantic period the movement in literature and although it sort of was a slow going thing. This was the start of that watershed into the romantic movement. Um, romanticism, by the way, was a, a movement, artistic, literary, musical, intellectual, towards the end of the 18th century, which means the end of the 1700s. Yeah. Uh, it was an emphasis on emotion and individualism, the idealization of nature, a suspicion of science and industrialization, glorification of the past with a strong preference to the medieval rather than the classical. Is a reaction to the industrial revolution, yeah. So, which I which I think we've we've briefly discussed in one or two other episodes, but I don't remember. I think folk music because we talked about the industrial Probably. revolution there, t- yeah. Too, because and, we. And, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, the, the industrial revolution was a great thing until it became a not great thing, <laughs> right? Maybe a reaction to the enlightenment, enlightenment thought. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the political and social norms of the age of enlightenment also where their scientific rationalization was irritating people and they, they wanted to have some romance still in their lives. And I am a scientist. And yeah. when I do my work, I am all about the science, but that doesn't mean I don't want like, the things that can't be explained. I'm happy to have some romance about them until science explains them. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just not going to say it's an absolute truth that I was haunted by ghosts, but it is a, um, truthful truth that I was haunted by ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> that truth, was your experience. Truth versus facts. <laughs> I don't know what the facts uh, were because I'm not going to be able to prove it, but the truth was I was a haunted motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Truthiness. <laughs> that was, that was all I had on that. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, I've, I've got some of the inspiration. Okay, cool. Uh, inspired partially by they they may have been uh, nobody knows exactly for sure so these are are sort of uh hypotheses 
Mm-hmm. Uh, not theories. Uh, I am a scientist to know enough not to use that wrong. <laughs> uh, the, the poem may have been inspired by James Cook's second voyage of exploration of the South Seas in the Pacific mm-hmm. because Coleridge's tutor, William Wales, was the astronomer on Cook's flagship and had a strong relationship with Cook. Oh, cool. And on the second voyage, Cook crossed three times into the Antarctic Circle to determine whether the fabled great southern continent Terra Australis existed. And critics, you know, have suggested that the poem may have been inspired by the voyage of Thomas James into the Arctic. So you get those gorgeous, cold Arctic and Antarctic. You, your ship can get uh, caught in snow and ice, which is what happens in the poem. Yes. Because they all get trapped in ice until an albatross comes to save them. Mm-hmm. By the way, albatross! <laughs> albatross for sale! Yes. Now that I have that Monty Python reference out of my system, uh, I can. So I've kind of got these notes interspersed where they go in the, the poem. And, uh, but they get caught. Albatross comes and save them, saves them. And one of the sailors starts to get irritated and shoots the albatross with the crossbow which curses the ship mm-hmm. and this crossbowman is the ancient mariner who is cursed more than the others because everybody gets pissed they hang the cross uh, the crossbow the albatross around his neck but they they all start to die and then that's when death and death and life come to the ship and and death and life actually wins a dice game for the soul and instead of him just dying if death would have won life and death is a harsh bitch mistress yep who curses keeps him, him alive yeah he keeps him alive in this state and you know although the souls of all the other sailors go zinging past him like a crossbow mm-hmm. he has to flail around and and he gets thirsty and hey, he starts to have these weird dreams and he's not even from what i've read he's not even sure they're dreams but the the sailors and one of the things i read come back as undead beings and, and yeah because uh and and I mean I don't I don't want to give everything away because you know right it's it's a thirty minute podcast that you can easily find and listen to or mm-hmm. on YouTube or it'll take you thirty minutes to two hours to read depending on how in depth you want to get yeah or thirteen minutes if you want to listen to Iron Maiden's version which which may not have everything but it's it's a pretty damn good version yeah and that includes their eight minute solo yes <laughs> sarcasm. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> um, no, no, not, not in that case, no. <laughs> but also, according to Wordsworth, the, the poem was inspired while Coleridge, Wordsworth, and his Wordsworth sister, Dorothy, were walking around, and they were on the Quantrock Hills in Somerset, and discussion had turned to a book that uh, they had been reading describing a privateering voyage during which a melancholy sailor had shot a black albatross. So there, there are some, and I'm not going to get into a whole albatross folklore and everything because that seems like a different thing. Another episode. Yeah, but then they, then they were talking about uh, spirits and everything, and and how having killed one of these birds on entering the South Sea, the spirits of the region want to avenge the crime. Mm-hmm. And so by the time they talked about this on their walk, and by the time they finished their walk, the poem had taken shape, and then Coleridge had wrote it over the you know between the two years. Yeah. And of course, may have inspired by the legends of the wandering Jew, which which is something I know I've mentioned once or twice, but I may do an episode on sometime because it's interesting. Okay. And Jody has 
uh, encountered in a Call of Cthulhu campaign because I have based my recent things off of three things, which is Lovecraft, Scrooge McDuck, and uh, The Last Pope by Robert Rankin, which involves the wandering Jew. Yes. And I guess. Sure. Oh, I, 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 I don't think you know who it is yet, but <laughs> um, no, no. Um, but I will say this combining Lovecraft and Scrooge McDuck was a, an inspired bit of insanity <laughs> or an insane bit of inspiration. I'm not sure which. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'm having quite a bit of fun. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been interesting. It brought some levity to a otherwise horrifying game. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, also influenced amongst other things was the lying the lying the legend the, the lying of the fledged dutchman <laughs> yes the legend of the flying dutchman who uh-huh, we, that yeah we who we talked about yes uh, and that and and also that uh local acquaintance of coleridge's had related a dream about a skeletal ship crewed by spectral sailors so he may have taken some of that okay that's definitely part of the story oh it's it's the poem the whatever the epic yes. poem <laughs> yeah it's it's good it's so many creepy spots it starts honestly kind of a little slowish mm-hmm. i think because you know you got the you have the you have the mariner stopping the the wedding guest and you know it, it, his glittering eyes make the guest pause so he listens to the story and then you do get the idea that the guest has all these emotions as they go along because it does intersperse Mm-hmm. The guest and the mariner during that story where the story's in the you know past it's it's good it gives evokes different emotions at different times so it is really good yeah there, there were criticisms and they probably still are you know there's not a moral to it the improbability of it happening there's no personality to the mariner um which first not everything has to have a moral motherfuckers right i know that criticism came from the 1800s where you thought everything had to have a moral yeah no, no it could just be for fun mm-hmm. improbability well it's it's a, it's a fantastic story it's supernatural of yes. course it's improbable william you sweet bill boy you <laughs> no personality i don't know i get a personality from the the mariner he's I mean, it's not much of one, but what the hell do you want from somebody who is a dick and suits an albatross and then is cursed? Yeah. I like it. Uh, oh, yeah, I do too. Quite spooky. In fact, I, I would recommend you pouring a, a nice, I mean, I wouldn't even say beer. I'm not even a big spiced rum person, but I'd say you get a nice big tumbler of spiced rum. Oh, yeah. And and read it by a, a fire, like a... <laughs> a fire yeah 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 <laughs> or uh, or even better like uh, the, when there's just enough light out right before gloaming starts at sunset go sit out on a dock or on the beach if you know if you live by water okay but if i see a skeletal ship start to sail into i'm leaving <laughs> yeah, that's that's one choice probably the best choice <laughs> uh, yep can't can't imagine there's any good reason to uh to stick around <laughs> i'm going on an adventure <laughs> no you're you're i almost said hi gank what the fuck see i'm 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 still got a little bit of a fog 
going on from the the, the flu. Um, yeah. Gangplanked. No. Um, what do you call when you're kidnapped by sailors? Shanghai. Shanghai. That's it. You're getting Shanghai by skeletal sailors who are going to bugger you from here to eternity. Ew. Oh, from here to eternity. That's also an Iron Maiden song. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and we've already talked about a little bit about... Uh, well, here, before before I move on to that, sorry, I was just about to move on to the next section of my notes. Next section would be uh, recent things that have taken, like have, that have used this idea. Uh-huh. Do, but do you have anything, like, I, I don't know how much I want to talk about the poem. We've talked about the atmosphere and it's spooky as crap. And I don't know, is, is there anything specifically you want to talk about the poem before I, I move on? Um, no, no, not really. I, I mean, it's, 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 you know, like you've already suggested that they go read it. And I, that's always my my thing is is that they should they should go read it for themselves and and experience it for themselves yeah if we do too much of it 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 kind of ruins what you can get our listeners if you listen read it yeah yeah all right so moving on to in like influences like what other people have used it and there are tons of these i'm i've got a few that sort of over arc with our specific Uh episodes but I do, I will mention, because I don't want to talk about it much, but you can. Okay. Uh, but we've already mentioned uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean and the Flying Dutchman episode. Yep. But they, of course, have taken a nice big hit of Rhyme of the Main, Ancient Mariner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Anne Rice's novel, Interview with the Vampire, Louis, the point lock, quoted the lines when referring to Claudia that her lips were red, her looks were free, her locks were yellow as gold. Which is what I quote did earlier. He did the whole, her skin was white as leprosy, the nightmare, life and death. Mm-hmm. He compared life and death to Claudia, the, the child vampire they make. Yes. And that's not a spoiler interview. The vampire has been out for over 40 years. I don't think it's at its 50th yet. Mm-hmm. But, but it's been around since the 70s, I believe. Mid 70s. It's, it's close to 50th anniversary. Yeah. So uh, I don't feel like I'm ruining anything there. Uh, but the, the poem in here is also, I reread it again in college because I was discovering Douglas Adams in college, which included Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. The title character time travels to interrupt Coleridge's work on his poem, Kubla Khan. Um, during yes. a rambling dialogue intended to prevent Coleridge from unintentionally encoding the poem, the information that would destroy the human race, Gently references Albert Ross <laughs> and is inserted as Albatross, which gives him an idea for another poem. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but the slimy things on legs and everything are part of Holistic Detective Agent. It's really good. Cool. Yeah. Douglas does a great job of, of using some of Coleridge's work. And uh, what else do I have? Uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, quotes the lines like one that on a lonesome road doth walk in fear and dread and having once turned round walks on and turns no more in his head because he knows a frightful fiend doth close him behind him tread so uh, is that going on with it yeah let's get that going for it (laughs) yeah Uh, the other only other one i have besides two songs is Uh uh, there is a it's not scrooge mcduck but there is a donald duck story called the not so ancient mariner <laughs> which which only it, it's about a sailing ship where a lot of hijinks ensue so it's not really doesn't take much on about it at all 
But the closing lines of the first part, why lookest thou so with my crossbow shot the albatross are quoted several times, but it's interesting. Yeah. You know, I will say that Donald Duck is the nephew to Scrooge McDuck. <clears throat> yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> and and just and just just for our listeners who may be wondering, when you hang an albatross around somebody's neck, an albatross has a wingspan of up to 12 feet. These are not small birds. Now these these are some some gigantor beasts. Yeah, there's a there's a, an illustration from the book where they, they show the albatross being hung from the mariner's neck and it literally stretches from his neck all the way to the to the deck of the ship that he's standing on it's th- these are big huge fucking birds <laughs> Ooh, uh, so, so it's a heavy weight that he's carrying yeah we, we've talked about gustav door right yes and he did he did in one of the versions that was illustrated yeah he did some of his illustrations well his illustrations for this are are phenomenal. Yeah, that's a good point. They're giant bastards. And some big birds. Yeah, should live on Sesame Street. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, that's a, that's a digression. Let's not go there. <laughs> let's, let's let's go. Let's move out of there. And and uh, actually, besides the two songs, do you want, want me to give those, and then I'll see what else you have, or do you do you have something um that's in before? Oh, okay. Uh, we were talking. I'm looking at the Wikipedia because I was going to see what other things that there had been. The the water, water everywhere thing that I was saying um, apparently comes from this. Uh, as appeared, it says has appeared widely in popular culture, but usually given in a more natural, modern phrasing. Water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink, which is actually how my grandmother said it. That's how I always heard it. Yeah. Yeah, and the albatross has become a metaphor, I think, for something hung around physical burden. Feels like a curse. Yeah. Yeah, do you want to want to guess? Okay, so actually, uh, on, on this, I, I did look at a few different places, but some of the things I found were looked really perfectly matching up on Wikipedia. So I did, I did use that. You want to guess which two songs you're looking at? I have. I, I was just going to mention, even I'm not going to go into them. Um, besides Iron Maiden, actually, that's one of the two. So it's kind of cheap because I didn't know when we get to it. So I was going to mention that it was obviously a song by Iron Maiden from Power Slave in 84 and we'll talk about that at the end of december yes but then i have one more and out of all the bands there which one is even remotely intersectional with our podcast well as as i am now looking at the uh the the bands i would say fleetwood mac that's the other one and not that we've talked about it much but i i think we can make occasional boom, 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 tusk and you know like just stupid yeah. things but that's it. They they have a hit song, Albatross, that drew its title mm-hmm. from a poem, uh, you know, because, you know, stuff and things and whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was it. I mean, I've, I actually have heard the song, but I don't remember if I like it or not, because I forgot to listen to it before we started recording again. <laughs> but that, that's what I have. Do you do you have things to add, my good sir? Um, No, not really. All right, then. Should I go read or listen to Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner? Yes. And I, I, I'm good with ending this episode since we have one more to record while I still have a bit of a voice. Yes. Sounds good to me. Uh, check us out on all the social media stuff and all the podcast things and rate us, review us, share us with your friends and family and even people who aren't your friends and family. Oh, look, squirrel. Sorry. <laughs> I can see the back porch from here. <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't run out chasing it like last time. (laughs) 
Uh, I, I, I tripped over something. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yes, all of that. So here, here. Yes. So I guess on that note, I'm James. I'm Jody. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. <laughs> How did you make Cthulhu comedic? It's a gift. <laughs> it's, a, it's called being Irish. I, I don't know. <laughs> being Irish means laughing even though you know the world's going to break your heart. <laughs> there you go. Although if we lived there, we'd have to live in trash cans because we're grouches. I don't know. I might get away with being Cookie Monster. <laughs> I'll, I'll, <clears throat> I'll give you that. Cool. I, I think I'm going to go heat up some more water for my tea, though, real quick. Okay, cool. And I'll be right back. All right. Thanks. Wait, why did I say thanks? I, I don't know. That was... <laughs> I, I started to, I even paused, although he couldn't hear me. And I'm like, did he say thanks? Yeah, yes, I did. I have no <laughs> idea why. Am I supposed to say you're welcome? <laughs> no, no, not really. <laughs>